We're back again for another episode. Guess who's back, 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 <laughs> back again. Yeah, yeah. Is it cool with you guys if I leave my metronome on for this one? <laughs> Only if it's at 120 BPM. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. How you guys hanging? Uh, hanging pretty low. Low and slow. How are you hanging? I feel like we just saw each other. We did, yeah. Um, so, apologies for not having an episode posted last week. So, um, you know, we were having so much fun hanging out together that we forgot to record an episode of this podcast. <laughs> we actually wanted to make like an absence makes the heart grow fonder situation. So, hopefully, yeah. If if people notice, I'm gonna be very smitten. And I if mean, they. It's 22 episodes in a row. That's pretty good for a pandemic, right? <laughs> I mean, the unnamed thing. My bad. Wow. Yeah. It's actually longer than that for us because we, we did the first three, you know. That's true. So thanks for everyone for, um, you know, understanding, hanging with us. How are you guys doing? I, I'm just actually really thankful that people have listened to Three Idiots talk for this long. Three idiots on the internet. <laughs> I'm so much cooler online. You're yeah. not uh you're not thankful for the fact that I show up to this and talk to you. Yeah. Every week. I am. 20, I'm, 25 weeks in a row. Yeah, I mean I already can't believe that you guys talk to me every day in text conversations and and you know, sporadic phone calls. I can't believe that you guys come and talk to me once a week for almost an hour and a half. So. Yeah. <laughs> just compartmentalize I, it. <laughs> yeah. We are yeah. good friends for that though. Yeah. No, uh, we just got done hanging out um, for the first time in a long time and we've been trying to get it together, but we're trying to be careful and safe and, um, mm. you know, trying to, trying to figure out travel plans without being dumb and um, it feels like you know, this last weekend was the first time that everything kind of aligned finally. And even then there was some, <laughs> some hiccups, but yeah, um, it was really good to hang out with you guys. And, uh, we had, we had, uh, high hopes of recording a po podcast during mm -hmm. that time, but, uh, we were so busy, I think. And, uh, why we, were we busy, bro? Why were, were we, we busy? Doing? Oh, so we Tell were in the, the studio. We were in the studio for uh, basically a full week, and um, um, it was really great. I I thought that, uh, you know, especially during what's going on right now in the world, it was really refreshing to get back in there with some people and know that everybody was safe and healthy and we could take our masks off for a little bit and um, work together and make some music. Um, there's something really special about about that studio. Um, shout out to Justin with Able Recordings. Um, somewhere in somewhere near Portland is where it's at. Somewhere, in the, to somewhere in the mountains, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah, that the uh, that studio was really like an oasis in a way. It just felt like um, the perfect escape from a bunch of chaos. Yeah, I'd really like year. to hear your take on it, Jake, because that's really the first time that you've been there. So um, 
if you could, yeah, even if you can just kind of like describe it from the inside, like how it is, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was my first time there. And I mean, I had seen pictures just from like what you guys have posted and shown me and, and whatever, but, um, it's always kind of funny when you see pictures of something online and then when you get there and things are like not actually laid out the way that you connected (laughs) the dots in your head, like without seeing a floor plan. Um, I don't know. My brain works that way, I suppose. So it was cool. Um, but yeah, his studio is like tucked back in these woods basically on, um, some property, which is super nice. Like if you need to take a break and, um, go out, it's just like slapped in the face with, uh, fresh air from, you know, Pacific Northwest and, uh, trees all over the place and birds chirping and stuff. Um, Yes. Super relaxing. But on the inside, um, he's got this super nice, like little kitchen area right when you walk in, um, which I didn't realize how important that would be in a studio, like until I was there and being able to like make coffee and tea and just just have a fridge where you could store, um, you know, uh, cold waters and leftover food and stuff. Um, it was a, a really good touch. So I'm glad he had that. But then, um, the actual studio space itself was like perfect, <laughs> like in every way, it was everything that I would have wanted it to be, um, in a way. So like my only other studio experience, and we talked about this a little bit that week was um, when I did an old record with you guys and it was basically the quote unquote studio that we used was just some guys in their basement with like um, <laughs> moving blankets hung up as sound dampening and you they had to like, <laughs> they had to turn the AC off for the entire house anytime you recorded because <laughs> the AC was loud and it just was the whole experience just kind of had this like asterisk by it when you tell, tell people like, oh, I'm going to the studio, but you like didn't want to show people what was going on because it yeah. would like cheapen it would cheapen it in their eyes. So yeah. this was like a complete 180 from that. And even though it was still like, you know, homegrown and had that sort of vibe to it, it also had a very professional and well thought out um, you know, kind of energy in there, which that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing that I love when you know that everything everything has a purpose and was thought out like to everything just like to the light bulbs, all the light bulbs were like those hue bulbs. So he could change the, the mood, which for like, if you're not a musician and you're not a like creative person, I don't know that you would necessarily appreciate the impact of setting like the ambience when you're creating something, but like being able to, to say like, Hey, I think I could use some like blue vibes in this room right now, you know, depending on what kind of song you're doing, it can actually make a difference. And for people like us that are so used to and connect so well with playing live, like I always think about the lighting of a live show, you know, yeah. like the mood mood lighting and stuff to, to kind of get you there. So um, it does a lot for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was an awesome experience. Like um, there was one day, the day that I actually did most of the tracking for drums, um, you guys were actually out of town for um, another reason, but there was like this very surreal experience for me for whatever reason of like waking up and packing a bag and driving to a studio and working with a producer one-on-one would like he and I had just met two days prior to that, you know, (laughs) but 
you know, we didn't, we didn't waste much time like getting to work and stuff and just, just watching that whole process. Like for some reason it was cooler that, that you guys weren't there in a way. Cause I felt <laughs> like I, I actually belonged there. Like I was, yeah. I was there for a reason, you know, yeah. I wasn't just there because I was with you guys. So, yeah. um, it was really cool, man. Like I, to be honest, have not really been able to stop thinking about it. Like, yeah. uh, it's been hard to get back and get back in the like normal, grind of my regular life when I know that like I have these this alternate identity going and doing stuff like that which <laughs> yeah it was fun to be able to do that again because I think like two or so years ago I felt like I was really living like my ideal life mm-hmm. being able to have like my nine to five job and then on the weekends fly to somewhere in the country and play a show you know oh you mean before the unnamed thing when we had you right. working all the time right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I love it like i i think i really underestimated um how valuable like being able to get out of town has like just is for me um, and then on top of that, being able, being able to do music stuff. So it, it was yeah. like hanging out with you guys was great, but honestly, like just going and being able, being able to do like the music thing for a while, um, was like a perfect kind of mental break for me as well. Yeah, he, absolutely. He, he thought of everything with that studio. I mean, he, he, he had the musician in mind and, you know, right. ever since, uh, we started working with him, you know, when we were first introduced to him and his studio, it was up these stairs in this building in this small little loft, you know, and mm-hmm. um, he had his control room on one side of the room and then the other side of the room was where we recorded. And it was, right. it was small, you know, it, but he was always very conscious about how it sounded in that room and and took the time to make it sound really good in there you know with soundproofing on the walls and and things like yeah. that but but when we first started working with him he mentioned um he had this whole building available to him to do with pretty much whatever he pleased and he talked about turning the garage area of this building into a studio and i told you guys both when he first told us that I kind of imagined like a, you know, two double door garages and uh, right. like a drum set in the middle of like this concrete room. But he literally built this place into a studio down to the way the you know Jake you were talking about this, um, the way the ceiling was shaped, you know, and right. ev- everything was super calculated, and, and he had a a crew come in and work on it and they were this was kind of like one of the few projects they had ever done where they were actually taking into account like sound and right you know stuff like that so uh he was he had to be really active when he was telling them about what he wanted and um it just the way the wall shaped and the ceiling shaped and it you know it is legitimately soundproof you know it's like yeah. But the, the, the coolest, the coolest part of it is that from the outside, you have no idea. You know, we'll, we'll right. never tell anyone where it is or what it looks like. But, but the coolest part is that it's like you open this door, and you're just in kind of like this candy land. 
you know, it's like what, Narnia. Yeah, it's Narnia. Like walking, through, <laughs> yeah. walking through the wardrobe into this <laughs> mystical land. Exactly, and he he just nailed it, and he nailed like making the artist feel super comfortable. You know, I, I he has mm. plans for like a Super Nintendo in the kitchen area that's outside of the studio, like just outside of the control room, so that the band that yeah. is super antsy can go out there and just like blow off some steam. But then outside of the studio, like you said, Jake, it's like grass and sunshine when you're in the Northwest in the summer, you know, the the sun is shining and he has this super sweet dog in the studio that just loves mm, to go outside. Yeah. So you can just go hang out with Jersey and chill a little chicken coop. You know, it's just, it's yeah. perfect. It's It's perfect for, it's perfect for what we're doing because what we're doing is so intense and um, calculated mm -hmm. to have this uh, experience outside of the studio that is like very free. It's not like you walk outside of the studio and you're in an alleyway and like the right. only thing you could do is like smoke a cigarette. You know what I mean? Right. And then none of us do that. So we would have a really frustrated, we would be very frustrated in a studio like that, <laughs> you know, like right. sh walking outside and there's a dumpster so this is just like a perfect experience there's a full kitchen where we can you know one of the days we were there um justin got stuff and we made sandwiches and you know mm -hmm. it's just it's just it's perfect if it, it feels relaxing it feels like you're in a home but also like jake you talked about it's not like we're in a house studio you know where you have to right. shut off the ac in order to make everything sound good. So right. it's perfect. I, I miss it already. I mean, we've only been gone from there for a few days, but yeah, you guys need to come back, man. That's, it's kind of cool. Like Justin and I were talking cause I've gone in like, you know, when you guys aren't able to be here, I've gone in and, and worked on um, just various parts with the production side with him and stuff. And we were just talking the other day, how fortunate we feel as artists to be able to have access to something like that. And mm. compared to some of the other studios we've been into, there is definitely this, uh, there's this thing that happens that's just everything aligns. And I think a lot of it comes from the producer and the engineer and who you're working with. And for um, sure, I think that it plays a huge role in, especially in like your rapport and like developing, um, like a good relationship. And I think when you can collaborate on ideas as well as we do with Justin, it is like this magical thing. And it took us a, a little bit, like at the first record, you remember, bro, we, when we did gray, we kind of walked in for the, the record with this mentality of like, we're just gonna basically do everything a certain way. And we like had this very strict regimen in mind and, Justin kind of, you know, he, we, you and I argued a lot and he kind of started to mediate that a little bit, but also like there's times when he just like, was like, all right, they're just going to be brothers for a sec. Yeah. And mm -hmm. when we went to ghost talker, it, we kind of decided, you know what, we need to let other people into this project and into the art and into the songs. And I think that's hard as an artist because you're so close to the song and you write it from such an introspective place and you have such like it's your baby you know so this whole time you're 
trying to be like overprotective of the vision and the sound and everything about it. And when you bring other people in, it just makes it better and you get to kind of step back and like, you know, having Jake come in and, and be a part of uh, pretty much everything that we're doing for all of the new music. It's been great. And the fact that he gets to go in when we're not even there and work, like mm-hmm. I feel grateful to be able to be in that place that we're in now. And I look back at those days when we were just, we were just hard asses all the time. And it really has created some great music and I'm super pumped about the new stuff we've been working on because it does have other people's hands on it and Mm. it just creates something that's bigger than us. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's a trust thing for sure though. Like I don't, you shouldn't say you were hard asses like in a, in a negative light because I think when you bounce around from, studio to studio and you kind of work with session musicians that you don't know or whatever you kind of have to be you kind of have to be at the helm at that point right but mm-hmm. when you get to a point with someone like Justin where you cut you cut your teeth on one and you know that he, you can trust him in a way um that you couldn't trust some other people it's probably easier to create some new stuff in that headspace yeah and just like casting the vision and having everybody be on the same page with that too and be willing to like let people's ideas come to light and like think outside of the box it's it's a blast man like I feel grateful every day for this job and we definitely none of us take it lightly you know and it's a really it's a really cool thing to still be creating even in the state of the world and I'm really Mm -hmm. excited to be able to share that stuff pretty soon with everybody and um, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. That trust thing was really hard. I feel like for us, you know, it, um, you know, Nick and I had counted on each other for so long to be able to check each other and, uh, you know, challenge each other. And we had spent so much time trying to build that trust just between the two of us. So, um, yeah, we had order- trust issues, I guess. The trust thing was really hard for us, um, especially in the beginning and before we realized that guys like Justin and, you know, like you, Jake, um, like we could, I think we had to see that you guys were right. And I, and I know that sounds really terrible, but in, you know, in order to let go of the reins a little bit and let other people in on what we were doing, um, we needed to kind of see, we needed to see the product of what we were making. Working with a guy like Justin and having him say, you know, both of you could change what you're thinking here in a way. And, you know, it wasn't always just about compromises. It wasn't always just about like Nick thinks this and Tyler thinks this. And it was really about like what's, we have always said with him what's best for the song. And I and Jake, I feel like since we've, you know, been with you and working on music too, you know, it's always been put everything you want as a musician and wanting to be a showman and all that aside and just say what's best for this song. And he he did a really good job of like gating us into a place mm-hmm. where we we're making, you know, stuff that 
you know, it was always about what Nick and I wanted to do. But when you're making music, you have to take into account what the listener wants and wants to experience. Mm. And it's not about like commercialism or anything like that. It's just about making sure that they have a good time when they hear it live or when they're at the coffee shop or whatever, just being able to put their headphones in and say, no, this is, this is solid, you know? And so he he did a, he did a really good job of kind of facilitating that for us. And I think the bare bones, the essence of what we wanted to do has always been there. But, you know, like once we started to let people like him and, and you Jake into what we were doing, it's, it, it, it takes a team, you know, it's, you, you can't just run this thing like two people and expect it right. to grow, you know, you, you need, you need criticism and not just with the music, but with everything we do with this job, you know, videos and everything. We, we need outside eyes to come in and say, if I were you just, you guys a, suck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I was a Joe Blow. Like I, I need this, you know, I, yeah. I need experiences. If, if I didn't know you guys, I need this in, you know, I need to see this. And, and that has really mm-hmm. made all the difference for us. And the, it's the reason we keep going back to that studio, you know, and that's been the nice part, brother, you know, you've, you know, you've, you've been there just, just a little more than me. And so you and Justin have been able to work together kind of one-on-one like Jake and Justin work together. And you should talk a little bit about like that experience with him. And as, as a guitar player, you know, you're, you're super good, you know, and I, I don't need to tell you that, but shut up. I knew if I Venmoed you that you'd say that. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Thanks for the beer, by the way. But you seriously, um, you know, and, but so is he. And, I would say Justin is not a guitar player. He he is a he's a producer, and so so bringing he brings something out of you that I think Jake and I, especially I, have seen when I'm in the studio with you guys. You know, you already have the mm-hmm. ability, but he almost brings like this other level out of you, challenges you in a way. You should talk about that a little bit. Yeah, man, it's good. It's uh, it's hard. Um, you know, we grew up playing in dive bars and stuff and like playing the same types of music and kind of felt like as a guitar player, I plateaued at a certain point just because we were playing the same songs every night and we weren't really taking ample time off the road to create and write new stuff. It was a lot of times just very, very minimal. So creatively, I felt kind of like I'd hit the ceiling a little bit. And when we went in to record Ghost Talker, uh, the sophomore record, it was really eye-opening for me. And Justin had this ability to to take what I was doing and challenge it, but also, like you said, like bring out this other element of guitar playing. And it's been really fun for me too to kind of expand on that, but it, it has also shown me how much... Um, I have left like to go like how far I can go still with learning and and creating and writing and which can be frustrating because you're like, Oh man, like I thought I was 
50s and now you're like okay there's a, a sh- way more stuff but yeah. that's the cool part about working with him is he he does it in a way too where it's creatively challenging and it's not like demeaning or condescending it's like it's a it's a challenge in which the product becomes better because of it and same thing i've noticed brother with you and like vocal parts and melodies and different things like you know for the most part when you or i sit down to write the lyrics to a song it's pretty simple and it might have a a lead part or a melody but vocally it usually always has a lot of that um so when we go into the studio and kind of construct the song and add the ear candy and send it to jake and jake compiles you know his ideas for like drum parts and percussion it starts to build into this thing and so when I've been in one-on-one with Justin and we've got to work on just the production side of things, it's, dude, it's so fun because it's a lot of stuff that kind of fills in all the in-between parts of like guitar, vocals, drums, and piano and, and like basic instrumentation. And so the newest stuff that we've been working on has a lot more of that. And it's just been cool to kind of graduate from gray to ghost talker and then from ghost talker to i won't say the name of the new record (laughs) and it's been fun even on singles and some some like acoustic stuff that we've done to get outside of the box with him and uh but like you said jake like i think that is a trust thing and i think you have to have that with whoever you're working with because writing is so vulnerable and Sometimes you can take it personally if somebody says sure. like, dude, this is terrible. I mean, there's been times Tyler and I've been in there and we're arguing about, no, this song is going on the record. I'm so passionate about it. I believe in it. I want it on there. And Tyler says, no, man, it's just not good. And then Justin steps in and he's like, well, what is it about? Like, let's, let's work on it. We might work on it for an entire day or two. Mm. And it just might not even be on the record. You know, because it's just not something that fits with everything else. Or it's the opposite. Um, I know there's songs on Ghost Talker for sure that that we both kind of argued back and forth about. And then they ended up going on there. And one of them you wrote, it's like one of my favorite. One of them I wrote, it's one of your favorite. So it's just, it's all compromise. about like the production. Yeah, and compromise on ideas mm. and collaborating to make it, like you said, what's best for the song. So it's a blast, man. Like the process of the production and everything is, it's just, it's fun and it's really challenging. And it also just expands you as a writer. And I think like Jake's kind of had that too with like, you know, when you send me a piano part or you have a melody or you have, you know, just like a beat, I think to be able to even go off of stuff like that as you write and not just grab my acoustic guitar sit down, try to write a song. Like sometimes it's just you're playing a beat and there's you're searching for melody, you know, and it's mm. not even a guitar in your hands. So just right. kind of changing it up, I think, to make it fresh helps. Yeah, I feel like we could do a lot of damage if Justin just let the three of us and maybe a, a bass player get in the studio and just just see what happens yeah i I feel like it could be really good because there's 
definitely a connection among the three of us. And then, you know, mm. with, with Justin, he kind of adds that other element that kind of elevates it in a way. And, uh, well, I yeah, got to give uh, a shout out to Carrie Samsel here because <laughs> Carrie is a guy who on the road we started playing with and he plays bass and he has this way of kind of seeing the song from the outside and helping kind of direct the band and like guide the song live and, and kind of help transition and work with everybody on stage, which kind of frees you and I up, bro, to, mm-hmm. to kind of like, you know, work on the, like the entertainment side, especially you. And so yeah. like when you have guys like that coming too, like there is chemistry that's important. Yeah. I remember in, in some rehearsals we did with, you know, like a piano player and a, another auxiliary instrument, Carrie was really kind of like explaining to them the dynamic of the song and what was going to happen, you know, that was helping a lot, you know, it kind of feels like that's our job most of the time, but, um, well, and there was a time we flew Jake out for a festival and Carrie and Jake had never played together before. And yeah. so they're kind of probably, you know, both like, yeah, it's going to be good. And they both <laughs> knew the songs, but just like the four of us had never played them at the same time together. Um, and so, you know, we get there and I don't know, Jake, like how you felt going into that. Like, were you going into that show? How, how does it feel to come into that situation? Like, <laughs> um, well, everything about that particular show was kind of ridiculous because of like the travel <laughs> ordeal. I don't know if we want to tell that whole story. Yet, sure. But, yeah, go. Um, go. so I, to answer your question, I was nervous going into like even that weekend. Um, not that like the the bass and the drums for people who don't know are very, very related in terms of like holding down the rhythm of a song. Um, and so there has to be a certain amount of chemistry between like bass players and drummers. And so without even without even like really knowing this guy or like uh, having been around him, there was some anxiety that I had about just playing music with someone that I didn't know, you know, <laughs> it's like such a personal thing. Um, Get that. But then that was all kind of compounded by the fact that like my flight out there got delayed by a half hour and then mm. I missed my connecting flight in Denver. And there was like, <laughs> I was stranded in Denver overnight and we had a very serious conversation of if I should even try to continue on for the next (laughs) leg because it was such an ordeal, but um, it ended up working out perfectly. And I think that's just a testament like um, to, to carry like just being solid, you know, and to, to all of us being flexible enough to, and confident enough in our ability to play the songs. to be able to make it work, you know, and especially like a festival where you're like, I wasn't playing my own drums or cymbals or anything. So there was a lot of kind of on, on your feet playing in a way to where you just kind of had to roll in and and roll with the punches and and see what happened. And it worked out. So it's not, um, if I had to choose, I wouldn't do that every time (laughs) because I definitely, I definitely, I'm always pushing for at least one rehearsal, you know, before a run of shows, but yeah, that's um, in a pinch, in a, in a pinch, it's definitely doable. Well, yeah. uh, 
Carrie, both of you came later than soundcheck. So I remember. Yeah, we soundchecked. It's a festival and, and Nick and I get up there and play and they're like, so what is the the rest of the band? Oh, I was like, yeah. what? The, they're going to be <laughs> here right, right before we play. So, um, Ty, you soundchecked drums, I think, and I yeah, did the bass. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, he plays a lot better than this, but here's uh, <laughs> here's about how hard he'll play. And then, yeah, Nick got on the bass, and and the guys were like, oh, okay, <laughs> looking at so, us like, all right. But it worked out. I mean, it was a pretty small festival, so it was okay. And and I think everyone that was there was perfectly fine with it. But we even got a little time before we had to play, where we all got to like hang out and talk about the set list and. You know, I, th- yeah. I remember the one thing Carrie said that played bass. Carrie said, um, you know, like Jake is is your guys' drummer. Like this is the, he fits your style so well. And, you know, we've we played with other guys too. And, you know, that are, they're great drummers, you know, but there's something about being able to mesh with the style. And I think a lot mm. of people don't think that, like when they think drums and bass, um, they don't realize that there is a certain way that all fits together. And, and some people just play instruments and some people play right. songs with with you. And um, yeah, I thought, I mean, that's kind of why we called you for that show. You know, it's like very, you know, we wouldn't want to necessarily fly you all the way from Kansas City out to the Northwest in like one night for no reason, you know. But right. we were like, right. okay, he's the guy that can get this done really well. And so, but it was fun. I mean, that ended up being a really fun time we spent together. And, you know, yeah, it was cool too to get together this past weekend and, and be able to hang out and kind of, there is like this energy, I think creating music together where when you find those people, like it is worth, it is worth investing into that and trying to make, um, everything online because it really does just create something magical and sounds cheesy and ridiculous. But yeah, it is like literally walking in a Narnia when you walk in yeah. and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. It was also nice to be able to hang out and not work for a little yeah. bit. Yes. You know, absolutely. Uh, I think like the whole, job, you mean? yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I just mean like, there's like this overarching theme of this, of that week or this episode or whatever that there was like this interesting escape from the rest of this year. Yeah. Like even though nothing, even, even with all the good stuff that was going on that week, like nothing really felt normal, but there was definitely a feeling of like normalcy in a way. Yep. <clears throat> so like, one of the days we didn't have any work to do in the studio is on Sunday and we just decided, all right, we're just going to go do all the stuff that we haven't been able to do in a while. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that was like one of the best experiences of like the last at least six months that I've had in a long time. Like, well, the um, Northwest has started to, you know, they dialed back some of their closures and started to reopen, you know, you still got a mask up on your way in, but you can right. you a lot know, of outdoor seating and stuff. We were outdoors, nice. and then when we yeah. if we ever sat inside, we were 
completely separated from people and we actually right. lucked out a couple of times because we were like right by a fireplace, you know, like two times yeah, in so a row. <laughs> I feel like we should we should just tell the story of that yeah. day. Go back. The double donuts. <laughs> the double donuts <laughs> was the best. There's some, there's some gems here. Okay, so um, there was this place down in, is it called the Pearl District in Portland? Yeah, yeah. Is that where we were? So there was this place down there that we had all been together once before that we all liked, but so um, good. Nick was was very, very passionate about us getting <laughs> brunch at this particular restaurant. Um, so, you know, we did our, did our digging to try to make sure that they were, they were open. Um, spoiler alert, we didn't do our due diligence well enough because all we did was <laughs> consult, uh, Google, Google maps <laughs> to tell us what time they opened. Um, which, you know, is usually correct, but sometimes isn't. So we found out via Google that this place opens at 10 AM. So we're like, all right, cool. We're, you know, we're about half hour away. Like the only time I've really known Nick to be really, really on it with timing and planning was this when like his brunch <laughs> relied on it. So he's like, guys, like, I think we should, we should for sure leave the Airbnb like 920. Cause like if we're there 10 minutes early, like at least we're in line to get in right away. Like it was this side of him that I have never seen before in my life. Food, food was involved. Only playing with food, bro. <laughs> so we get there and, uh, 10 o'clock rolls around and there's like lights are off, doors are locked. There's no one in there. So we're like, well, you know, maybe they're just setting up, getting ready or whatever. So I call and I get the voicemail and then the voicemail says on Sundays we open at 11. So we're like, okay, cool. They're opening at 11. Like it never <laughs> dawned on us still that they're just not going to open. So we decide to go to this other restaurant, um, just to have a mimosa and then come back for brunch because once again, Nick was not ready to just give up on <laughs> his baby. But they did bring donuts out just because. Right. Well, at the restaurant yeah, so we got mimosas at, yeah, there was complimentary donuts. <laughs> yeah, like some restaurants bring a, a plate of bread. They brought some <laughs> really nice donuts, which I did we appreciate. Kinda, yeah, we looked yeah. at each other like, who ordered these? And they're like, no, these are on the house. Yeah, like, trying not to act too excited so that they don't, you know, notice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we had our donuts, had our one mimosa. And by this time, you know, it's like uh, 10, 20. Was not that much time that had passed. But, you know, we're like, all right, let's get back over there because we don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to miss it. Uh, we get back, we, we, we realized that this place just wasn't going to open because at 11 o'clock, a few other people had rolled through trying to get in and couldn't get in. And, uh, we were pretty we're disappointed, sad. but Cried. we didn't let that ruin our day. We went back to the original restaurant that we had our mimosa at and sat down at a different table. But our old waitress walked by and was like, weren't you guys just here? <laughs> like after having brought us another plate of donuts and ordering another round of mimosas and stuff. So it definitely seemed like, uh, again. yeah, it definitely seemed like we we're just leaving and coming back for the free for donuts. donuts. <laughs> but we the catch have. was the indoor seating was completely booked up. So we were like, oh, we'll just sit outside. But it was really cold because of mm. the wind. Yes. And it rained. So yes. we were like freezing the entire time we were there. Yeah. <laughs> but we had warm donuts and mimosas, you know? Yeah. It, is, it, is it, would, it is. would have been better if we were drinking like boozy coffee or something, but we were yeah. committed to mimosas. Bailey's or something. We 
Um, yeah. So then we went to, we saw a place across the street and we saw that the gal was kind of like opening it up and we were like, well, maybe we should go check that place out. Right. So yep. this was really close. We, we checked Google maps, which pro tip, don't just check Google maps, but <laughs> this place was accurate. So uh-huh. uh, the opening time was accurate. So we went, we walked over there. Uh, she seated us. There was no one else there. And she was like, basically like out of the side of her mouth was like, the fireplace is open. We're like, great. So let's go. <laughs> so, so we went and sat at the fireplace. No one else around us the whole time. You know, we were there mm-hmm. for a, a couple hours and there was no one even mm-hmm. close to us. But um, we kind of, we wanted to keep the mimosa game going. And uh, she was like, yeah, we just started doing that. So if you guys, and we were like, perfect. So we did that. It was great we, to have another, some normal Another bottle of champagne. Had yeah. some champagne. We had some wings by the time we left. And then... Um, uh, then I don't remember anything after that. What happened? After that. <laughs> it got a little fuzzy after that. We were just, I think, just having the ability to go and do stuff. Like that was the first time I think yeah. the three of us had really done that. And man, like almost a year, right? Like yeah. to go yeah. sit down and be able to have that sense of, like you said, normalcy. Mm. We just felt, it just felt so good to like, you didn't want to leave the restaurant. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're sitting there for a couple hours and, and just, you know, the doors, the garage doors are open and there's a fireplace going and it's like, it's perfect. You know, you're still, real, you're still really careful, you know, I mean, everyone yeah. was and they kept everybody spaced apart and, you know, it's just, but, but it was okay. You're right. It was like, you know, for me, you know, being back here in small town, Nebraska, um, where for the most part, everything's kind of seemed normal, but there's not a whole lot to do. And like, mm. this was the first time where, like, I kind of felt reconnected, you know, to, it was mm-hmm. like, I, I almost just wanted to talk to everybody I saw, you know, cause you yeah. just, like, you want to, to have like that human connection. Um, right. And, but it, but it was, it was really great. I mean, um, you know, spending time with you guys, but, uh, the time we spent in the studio the whole week, I, f- I felt like we were kind of rewarding ourselves that Sunday because we hadn't really done, we had really done nothing um, outside of the studio or outside of going to our place where we were staying um, mm-hmm. that whole week. So when you um, guys are on different time zones normally, so Jake yeah. is like, is two hours ahead for him, is an hour ahead yeah, for you. I was- yeah. I was jet lagged that entire trip, which <laughs> yeah. is bizarre because it was only two hours. But I just I found myself always being off. Like, yeah, I woke up at six a.m. every morning, no matter what time we went to bed, because that's like eight a.m. You know where I'm from, so I was like, yeah, up and at them, ready to go. And yeah, it was odd. Yeah, it's kind of weird how your biological clock kicks in, even when you're traveling. Like, you just always stay. It like takes such a long time. I feel like to get off your schedule and adjust to where you're at. And I, I hear people say like, man, when you get there, just adjust immediately. But there is still something biologically inside of you right. that says, bro, you're usually awake by now. I know you went yeah. to bed two hours ago, but you know, right. that's how it takes, yeah. it takes a few days. Yeah. Days. I, well, and then when I got back, it's like, I was just starting to adjust 
when I when I left. So that I, like I haven't been I haven't been right this whole week. Yeah. Whole week being back at work, I feel like, but it's okay. Yeah, it was man. all worth it. I also yeah. learned that cool. um, if you're gonna commit to a day of day drinking, a mimosa is a really hard drink to like. <laughs> follow up you know like when you're trying to decide what you're going to switch to for the rest of the day there's like i think there's a lot of sugar yeah there's like Mm. the sugar aspect and then champagne just doesn't seem to pair well with Mm. you know a lot of things so yeah it's hard to gauge where you're at when you're just drinking mimosas yeah i think we eventually all got to switch to whiskey uh just took us a while but yeah so we eventually made it are we allowed yeah. to talk about, um, you know, what we were doing in the studio while we were there, or are we are we trying to keep that under wraps? I just work here, dude. I don't I don't make any decisions. <laughs> I mean, I think what we've been working on is something that we're really excited to share. And I don't know. I look at it two ways. Like one way is the people who are dedicated listeners to similar vein podcasts get a sneak peek and a a little bit of a secret or we keep it, uh, you know, under wraps. I think we should give them a secret. I mean, if they're here and they Yeah, let's tell the 10 people listening. (laughs) There's got to be like 20 now. I mean, we used to say 10. There's maybe maybe 30. There's there's (laughs) at least least 20. (laughs) Although we did take a week off, so maybe we lost them all. We'll see. Yeah, Yeah, perhaps. Or we made them... Pine for another episode. Uh, that's wishful yeah. thinking. But well, we could um, kind of word it like you know, in a way that's not revealing, but yet to still kind of allude to what t- we did. I'm going to tell them everything. I'm just no, going to no. it. So <laughs> when we were in the studio um, this past week, um, we got to do something that we've wanted to do for a really long time because um, when Nick and I started we kind of felt like we had some good ideas for songs, even if some of the lyrics and some of the, you know, the, uh, when you started the, meaning 10, like 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're old, yeah. like 2012, 20. Yeah. Almost 10 years for sure. Yeah. That and, you know, just where we were at in life. And, um, we just kind of felt like there were still some good things happening when we were writing music and, we sort of felt like where we were recording and just our abilities as uh, musicians and writers just was not quite there. Though we were in these like homemade studios, house studios, just very like low key stuff. Um, but we were taking it very seriously because we wanted to do this for a living. So we had been talking for a while with Justin. Um, at Able Recordings out there that we talked about at the beginning of the episode about doing some re-recordings or some re... Um, I wouldn't even call it like a remaster. I'd almost call it like a remake of a lot of these songs that we felt that there was enough there to to bring into like the current realm of what we're doing. Um, so well, we've he had was, a lot of people asking about you know our past we kind of self-released um, two or three you know, albums and we decided to take them down because we just wanted everything to kind of be cohesive. So people have been asking too, you know, like where can we get these songs and 
and yeah. stuff. So I had to interject that. So. No, that's fine. It's not that we weren't proud of what we did. It's just that we knew that the quality, even just down to the sound quality of what we had recorded before, wasn't going to stack up with what we had recorded in the last few years. So um, we decided we wanted to redo some of these songs in a way. And um, Justin was on board with that somehow. And um, it was, it was, so refreshing to get into the studio and rework some of these songs and um you know even just from my standpoint of singing them being able to have control over my vocals on these tracks whereas before i was i felt like maybe i was holding back in a way or just maybe it was because of uh, my experience and stuff i i just or had you were 17 years old yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I was 19, but who's oh, counting? 19. <laughs> but, you know, I'm 27 now. So if you think about that and all that we've been through um, from when we first recorded those records to now. Um, and it was really special because there were quite a few of those songs um, that, you know, I finally got to the vocals on and... uh it it got pretty emotional because it was what we had been singing about. Some of that stuff in the early years was really about being on the road because that's all we knew, you know, and going back in and re-recording the vocals and stuff on it, the lyrics were almost hitting harder because it was like, man, 10 years ago, I thought I knew what the road was. And now I'm, singing these words back and it's almost like, man, everything that we've experienced, you know, has been, there's been a lot of really difficult things about it, but also some really wonderful things. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought it was really cool how we weren't trying to recreate the song as it sounded on those first records. You know, if, if people go and listen to these songs, um, when they release, uh, they're not exactly like, they had heard them before just polished it's it's definitely like a reimagining of the song but all of the bare bones are there i think with every song we thought let's keep the main thing about this song intact but let's just explore it wildly and try to get creative with it and it, it just felt it felt really special i think the three of us um you know you guys can walk it back from here um, from where I've gone to here, but I think the three of us sat in the studio like one of you know those last couple of days and thought some of these songs are okay. Like <laughs> they just—they're definitely all good. Like yeah, uh, somehow you guys were actually writing good songs when you were kids. <laughs> you know, not all of them. These are definitely some of the diamonds in the rough. But yeah, uh, yeah they're definitely the songwriting is actually pretty good. You're saying it's a good thing we didn't redo back home, or jeez. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, it was cool because Jake was there when we did the very, very first record, you know. And then when we went into yeah. the house studio, we did that, and Jake was there for that too. And then um, it was just to have Jake be a part of like the reconstructing and the re, you know, the reworking of the songs, and like to actually play on on them was. I don't know, that was, for me, that was really cool to look back and be like, man, you know, we've all, you know, nine years ago, 10 years ago, 
I don't know if we would have imagined we'd even be redoing those songs, but like you said, bro, to like get into the, into the vocal booth and even the guitar parts and stuff. Like I just, part of me was like, man, what was I doing? You know? And then Mm. part of me was also like, was that me? Or like, you know, there's, (laughs) there's all these thoughts that rush in and it it was really cool. So to be able to have these songs kind of come back alive will be really cool. Um, And I think the way that we're going to, expose them and release them and like have them come out will be really special. So um, I guess we'll keep that part a secret. Yeah. I loved that, Jake. I loved being able to bring you in and do what you did because I think, you know, and you can talk about this a little bit, but I feel like you were definitely having to dial back what you are capable of now in order to kind of complement the song in a way because we tried to keep that essence you know of of uh simplicity to the way those songs uh came across back then but you know i um it you know i I don't think i've even said this to you yet in person but it was frustrating for me to know how capable you are now and have to (laughs) listen to you pull it back like five notches you Mm. know interesting even though i really liked what you did you know yeah and it was more than what you did on the original stuff yeah yeah um it's an interesting thought i i think the the expected response would be yeah i was frustrated too right but uh i actually didn't ever feel that way which I think I expected myself to to feel that way, but was surprised that I didn't. Um, there was there was something that happened while I was in there, and I don't know if it was if this is just a culmination of experience that led me to this point, or or what. But it all just kind of made sense, like to play it that way. Um, I think like the day before I actually did all my tracking, even what I played that day when I was just kind of feeling it out and getting warmed up was a few notches dialed back from like how I would play something in a live show. Um, and just, it just didn't feel right in some way. And, and Justin had recorded all that for what's called a, a scratch tracks, basically just you use it for reference um, when you're recording the rest. And I had listened to the scratch when we got in, back into the studio the next day. And I was like, what the hell was I even like, you know, (laughs) granted it was my first pass at it, you know, and some of the songs are significantly restructured. So I was still learning, relearning the song in a way, but I don't know, just like playing, playing it really. um, I don't, I don't want to like compliment my playing in any way because I generally think I'm terrible at everything, but (laughs) like tastefully and intentionally versus um, playing as many notes or as many sound sources as I can. Like, there's definitely this temptation as a drummer when you sit down at a drum kit and you have a snare, two toms, hi hat, two crashes, and a ride. There's this temptation to work every sound at least once into a song, right? Mm. And it's there's something really really cool about knowing that you made a conscious decision not to. Also, yeah. you know, like I, <laughs> yeah. I always. And I think the difference from when I, when we played those songs back then and 
my opinion on music then and the way that I view music now are very different. Whereas then I definitely tried to succumb to that temptation and, Mm -hmm. and especially in a live show, like I wanted to show people that I'm talented. Right. Yeah. Whereas now, and back then the drummers that I admired the most were the ones that um, were really flashy and played a lot, like just really, really technically competent. Right. Yes. But now the drummers that I admire the most are the ones that I can see. They have nine things in front of them and they're playing three of them. And they're like really pulling the best quality sound out of those three things and using those three things very intentionally to drive the song along. And for, for me, there's like this, this shift or, or something, I don't know, like I get a lot more satisfaction of watching them make intentional decisions versus just yeah. like, let me just throw every note that I know. Like there's yeah. a sense of control there, right? And um that's always something that I've I've wanted to be able to do and like prove that I'm capable of and Justin definitely helped me in a lot of ways um but I also went into it kind of with that mindset of I know this is what it's going to call for um and that's mm. how I wanted to play it so um yeah it was that's it was really cool it was fun that's that's what you that's so cool to hear and like it, you know as like the quote unquote writers of the song, you know, it's, it's really special for us to hear that, um, you felt that you were able to contribute to what was happening without having to go, you know, balls to the wall. And I, um, Mm. you know, Nick, you, you know, I, I feel bad a little bit in a way because I feel like I was the little bit of the only one that was able to take liberties, you know, like vocals are kind of the thing where it's like, you can get kind of stupid a little bit in, in some ways, but, but even then, you know, I was trying to pay homage. I don't know how to say that word. Homage, homage, homage to this, whatever. H O M A G E to the song. And you know, the way it used to be. Um, but Nick, you, you're the same way. You know, I, I know we've joked about on this pod like several times how, uh, you know, you, you grew up playing in a bar or whatever, but, um, you know, you, you were always trying to fill time and space and, you know, it was always about you and you and the band, you know, all of us being on stage and me turning to Nick and saying, I mean, there were literally times on stage, but I'd say, man, we need like 10 minutes. Can you just go, <laughs> you know, and just him playing guitar. Um, but I feel like this probably even more than the ghost talker in gray, where we were really trying to make everything you played intentional. I feel like this was probably more than ever. You were trying to like not do uh, dad guitar stuff. You were trying to like make things special for this stuff too, which was difficult. Yeah. It's hard to, it was hard to kind of take some of the lead parts that I had done in the past and make them more simple. But it, I think it turned out really well and it was cool to kind of reconstruct that. But I definitely have found myself, Jake, like you said, I think there's something to be said about being intentional and, and serving the song rather than like serving your own, you know, like having selfish ambition to like, oh yeah, I can shred or I'm going to do this or, you know, 
we're not playing four hour shows in the corner of a bar anymore. So I don't have to play a 10 minute guitar solo on every song. Thank God. But there is something really cool about when everybody's on the same page and, and that happens. And it was fun, man. Like I'm really excited to release these and for people to hear how they sound now. And just listening back to some of the tracks too, like it was cool to, to see them in this light and, It'll be really fun. I'm really excited to hear the response. Yeah, well, for I'm kind a, of a lot expect- of people, for a Go lot ahead. of people, they will be new songs to them, right? Yes. Um, yeah, and I think that's important because, like, I don't want anyone listening to be like, "Oh, well, these are just going to be like some like a cheap acoustic album," you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. No, the songs themselves still hold a candle to what people are used to hearing from you guys. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah, like, thanks, man. It will be uh it will be really interesting to hear the experience that people have because for some it will be a nostalgic experience and for others it will be a completely fresh experience. Well, yeah, that's I feel really interesting super, to put it that way. I feel really bad because there, you know, we posted some stuff when we were in the studio and uh, some people were, you know, message, messaging us and saying this new album is going to be fire, and we were like, oh, <laughs> this it will. It will, it but this is not the new album. Also, this the new not. album is going to be fire, <laughs> right. which is good. I mean, if people are interested in kind of that stuff that's, you know, from the past, but that we've rethought, then I guess maybe um, we kind of wanted to bring it all into what we're doing now and have it make sense with mm-hmm. the sound we're going for now. You know, a, a bigger sound and um, yeah. Let's not it, even get started on the new single. We won't, we won't even we yeah. can't say anything about what it. new single yeah. what are you talking yeah, about what are you talking about <laughs> so yeah, yeah um this summer uh we're really excited because we're gonna go into the studio again um fingers crossed everything works out and um you know continue recording the new record we have like one song almost finished but uh that leaves quite a few songs left for us to do but We've just um, been in the studio all year, man. It's just going to be an entire year of recording. <laughs> what and I'm what else are we supposed to do right now? Exactly. You know? <laughs> just make some music. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Well, for the, I don't know, however many of you are here, uh, you got some <laughs> behind the scenes sneak peeks of what's to come from um, Talbot Brothers. So thank you guys for listening. Episode 23. Thanks for sticking with us after our week off last week. Um, we'll... We have stuff coming for you guys, so we'll, we'll make up for it in the back end. Um, so stay tuned for some of that stuff. Be sure to comment, rate, and subscribe if you haven't already. Um, hit us up on Instagram at SimilarVein and keep your eyes peeled for some fresh stuff coming soon. Um, until then, we'll see you next time. See y'all. Bye.